Hi, I'm Paul Strinkler, and welcome to Tech Interviews. On this week's show, we take a look at cloud, evolution or revolution, and we take a look at the world of cloud data management. So, settle back and enjoy the show. Hi, and welcome to Tech Interviews. So, on this week's show, it's uh, it's been inspired by a conversation that myself and my guest were having about, um, about cloud, uh, and actually how maybe the cloud isn't such a... Um, such a game-changing technology, but more of um, a more of an evolution of the way that we use resources, particularly around data management. But um, but we'll, we'll get to that topic in a minute. But uh, but before we do that, let's introduce uh, this week's guest. It's uh, W. Curtis Preston. Hi, Curtis. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us. Great to have you on the show. Um, so uh, well, before we jump into our topic, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to the listeners? Uh, let us know who it is you are and, and what it is you do. So, Debbie Curtis Preston, I am the Chief Technologist at Druva. Uh, I am known as Mr. Backup out there. If you Google me, you'll find me. I've been in uh, backup and data protection for just a little over 25 years and uh, was in consulting for a while. I wrote a couple books for O'Reilly, and now I am at Druva. Yeah, so there's a you know that's kept you busy. Uh, it's, it's good to see you've not been just uh, just kicking back and relaxing. Um, so, um, well, I've talked about this kind of in the introduction, and uh, this kind of conversation we was having about um, the changing the changing world of data management and the part that cloud plays in that. And I think for a lot of us, we we kind of look at cloud as a as this kind of revolutionary thing that you know it's completely changed the way we think of things. But you were saying to me about how um, you see cloud more of, as a as an evolution of that. You know, not not so much this huge change, but just kind of a, you know, the, the evolutionary way that we're, we're using data data and the way we manage data. So, I mean, maybe for listeners, did you want to put that into a little bit of context for me? Describe what you mean by that and, 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 and you know, and, and how you see that in the real world? Yeah. I, and, I, and I do I do think that um, the cloud may indeed um, be revolutionary for some businesses, right? What I when I say the cloud is somewhat of an evolution, I I think that I I just think of how things have changed. Again, I've been in this industry since 1993, and in 1993, um, if you wanted to do something, you went into the data center, right? You had a terminal. Um, you know, I worked at a 35 billion dollar company. Our entire data center was 300 gigabytes, and um, and, and everybody accessed those resources via 3270 terminals. Um, no one had a PC, no one had a laptop, certainly no one had a laptop. PCs started creeping in, then laptops started creeping in, and then as the internet became what we know it uh, as today, suddenly the that everything in the center of the data center definitely started creeping out. And so we started having um, data being created outside of the data center. And, uh, and then the more that became, the more the laptop became the norm and a smartphone became the norm, the farther out that creeped, right? And then the, uh, the next thing that happened, and this is cloud, but it's, it's not so much the cloud that we're talking about today, uh, but it, we, we started having SaaS offerings like Office 365 and, and uh, G Suite and Salesforce, right? Um, and suddenly now really important data was 
like large amounts of data was now in someone else's data center, right? I, I love the phrase, there is no such thing as the cloud, there's just someone else's computer, right? So now you really important data, like especially when you think about Salesforce, is on someone else's servers. And then now even our own data and our own servers with you know the public cloud, um, we're moving um, more and more resources into someone else's server room. And now our data is all over the place. We're going to have some in our data center, some on laptops, some on mobile devices, some in SaaS offerings, and some in um, you know the, the the likes of AWS and Azure, right? So it's just it's just so that's what I meant when I said it's just it's just the latest example of this of this data creep. Yeah, and I think that's a it's a really interesting point, and and it's, I think it's something that you know I mean other episodes of this show, and we, we did a series recently talking about this kind of uh, move to public cloud that that we're seeing across enterprises and, and different types of organisations. You know that this kind of uh, hybrid type world that that people talk about, where we are using and maybe an AWS or a Google or an Azure, and we're using SaaS solutions, you know, Office three six five, Salesforce, that kind of thing. Um, and, and but it's interesting what you're saying there as well about this. What, what it's really leading to is this fragmentation of our data you know like you said before everything used to be in that kind of 300 meg of data center that you had and now you, you know you, you you're getting 300 meg since you as a you know as an attachment to an email you know it's that kind of, <laughs> yeah uh, you know it's, it's that exactly. kind of shift isn't it and 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 that's created a whole bunch of different problems and, and um, we, you know we, we, we kind of um, we talked before we recorded this about uh, that that kind of idea as cloud as just this kind of evolution another uh, kind of another repository that we kind of uh, attach our data management to um uh, but we, we kind of started off hadn't we with that we were going to chat about this idea of, of data management and data protection in this increasingly fragmented world. Um, and I think that does present an interesting problem and the way you've just described it is really interesting. And so, so, so how do you see that now? Because yeah, you, you're absolutely right about this kind of fragmentation of our data. It no longer lives in that data center. It's all over the place. But what kind of challenges do you see in that present to, to kind of organizations that you speak with? Well, the first challenge, I, I think what, one thing that has remained the same since I join the industry. And that is backup. Uh, it, I just use the old term backup never gets its due, right? Um, we always move technology and processes and computing and storage. And, and then someone raises their head and says, how are we getting this backed up? Right. Um, I remember our very first big server, it was a hundred gigabytes. Um, and it came with a four gigabyte tape drive. And and I was like, so am I going to swap tapes twenty five times to to get to get back up in this thing? Like, how exactly is that going to work? Yes, of course, it's, being the answer, you were going to swap tapes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and you you move forward now, so people move move their stuff. They're like, oh well, we're going to move everything to Office three sixty five, and then they don't think about the data protection aspect of that. Or we're going to move everything to to Amazon. And it continues to amaze me that people that move their data into these other data centers and spread themselves out thin, but don't think about the data protection uh, and, and, and the data management and the risks associated with having your data in a half a dozen different kinds of places. And, and that's the, the biggest thing I think I, I, I battle when I talk to people is sort of just the this you know, 
the, the ignorance of the idea that that moving your data farther out increases your risk. It doesn't. It doesn't decrease it. Yeah, I mean, do you see with that? Uh, and I, I think that's a really interesting point. We we see that a lot, and I think that's a constant conversation. Um, because I think one of the things that we see, so if you pick on something like Office 365 as kind of a simple example of this, mm -hmm. are you still seeing the, the challenge where people as they shovel their data in Office 365 kind of think they're washing their hands of it and going, great, Microsoft look after all that for me now. I don't have to worry about it anymore. You know, is that is that still a problem or, or are people no. becoming more aware that, that actually Microsoft's stance on that and other cloud providers, but in this case, Microsoft's stance on that is it's your stuff. It's up to you to keep, keep, it, keep it under yeah. control, keep it protected. Not only do I uh, see that, I actually occasionally run into technologists making, especially like, for example, Office 365, making an argument that the basic sort of things like uh, the, the uh, recycle bin and things like that, uh, that, they're, that they're sufficient for data protection. And you're like, but you know, that's, but, 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 <laughs> that's what I end up saying is like, there is this, there may be a relatively short list of things that are, that uh, would really mess you up if they happened. But if they did happen, they're, they're so catastrophic that you have, you have to protect from those things. And I still see some hand waving. It, it, it again, I've been having the same argument. I remember a customer oh man, 20 years ago saying, well, we don't really need to protect against earthquakes. This was in Los Angeles, by the way. We don't really need to protect against earthquakes because if that happens, well, A, that's probably not going to happen, and B, if it does, I'm going to be out of here. Um, so there's still that. Again, nothing's, nothing's new under the sun. But, yes, we run into that. We run into it with Salesforce where people thinking, oh, well, Salesforce has a restore service. Yes, but have you read the page that describes that service? It's really not something that you want, right? They tell you it's not something that you want. Um, and, and then, and really, in a, the, the real problem is, is in the likes of AWS, where very much AWS tells you this is 100% your own stuff. And if you mess it up or someone else messes it up for you, you are completely out of luck. And yet still some people, um, you know, Trust, trust it with yeah. no protection whatsoever. Yeah, and I think, you know, I mean, they both, both Microsoft and Amazon both have big statements on their websites that you can find that say, basically, this is your stuff. Don't don't think you're palming it off onto us, um, which I think is a, a right. you know, and, and, I, and I don't think sometimes that people necessarily believe that. And, I, and I, something else you were talking about in there as well about, and we've seen instances in this last year where this has become a problem for organizations, but that idea that the, the amount of work you'd put into data protection and availability in your own data center, the minute you move to the cloud, for some reason, you take all of that good experience and good practice that you've used throughout your entire career and kind mm -hmm. of throw that away and just think, mm -hmm. oh, it's in the cloud now. I don't have to worry about, let alone data protection, I don't have to worry about high availability and resilience and worrying about continuity. Uh, you know, and, mm -hmm. and again, is that, a, is that a problem you're still seeing? It's, it's certainly one we're seeing, I think. Yeah, it is. Um, what what I've found, um, I, I think you, you do get a certain aspect of HA and things like that by moving to the cloud, but sort of this basic underlying idea of data protection, you, you don't really get, right? Um, and if someone hacks your server, if someone hacks your, your Amazon account, 
um, you know, the, the, the worst or best example of that is the, the company codespaces.com, right? It was a website that was a, 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 supposed to be a safe place to put your code and they got hacked and just deleted and, you know, they deleted not only their VMs, but they deleted essentially the entire Amazon account and the, the company ceased to exist, right? So I, I do, but to go back to the original, the first part of your question, you talked about that all of your expertise kind of goes away. So much of what I spent my career working on in terms of like design, you know, picking the right physical box and picking the right tape drives and picking all of these different things and then uh, and then designing your backup system so that it works well, um, th- th- that stuff doesn't apply anymore in the cloud. It's just a completely different world when we come to data protection and data management. Yeah, and I, well, I suppose that leads on to kind of my, my next question around this, which is that you're right, you know, the, the kind of the world has changed and, the, the, you know, and the, the and the way we're thinking about some of this stuff has changed and i think probably needs to change again in terms of everything that you've just talked about in that you know that as we put data in these kind of different repositories you know whatever they might look like that we have to think of a different approach to how we protect it and, and ensure its availability um but i mean what other kind of problems are you seeing what, what are some of the challenges that you're seeing organizations have as they kind of start to build these you know the, these these more disparate uh, data repositories these more disparate homes for for this this kind of crucial information that they hold well the when we talk about um specifically if we talk about the you know the public cloud or infrastructure as a service type offerings the, the the real problem is that is that data protection systems uh, there there are some great um, systems that um, work well in the cloud uh, and then there's data protection right because what happens is that uh, you need for a, for a backup system to run it, it runs twenty four by seven that's just the way they they work. If you uh, move that into the cloud, well, what what you end up having is you you have the perfect workload that is not right for the cloud. So they take they take the same software that they run in in the data center and then they move it up to the cloud to start doing data protection, and uh, it's a really really expensive way to do it, right? So basically, the technologies that worked in the data center they might work physically in the cloud. But from a budget and cost perspective, they're just really inappropriate for the cloud. That's what that's what we we see if people try to move their existing processes, software and hardware, up into the into virtual versions in the cloud. So yeah, well, I think they're, they're an interesting set of problems, aren't they? And they are something that we see, I think, a lot in the way that people are kind of architecting solutions in the cloud. They're, they're perhaps not not necessarily thinking in a cloud native kind of way. They're thinking, oh, I do this on prem. Let me shove that kind of stuff in the cloud. So, so I mean, from Druva's point of view, well, what are you guys starting to do that um, maybe helps to address this? You know, what, what are some of the work that you guys are doing to to help organisations overcome some of these challenges? Well, I think that it starts with sort of acknowledging that workloads that get put into the cloud need to be cloud native or sort of designed for the cloud as opposed to just a VM that you moved into the cloud. So we built our back end both for our endpoint solution, our SaaS backup solution, our data center backup solution. We built our 
are back in on AWS and sort of AWS services. And so we automatically spawn the appropriate number of VMs for any moment in the day. We use DynamoDB, which is a, an AWS service as our metadata database. We use S3, uh, a storage service, rather than um, using uh, you know, a lot of people that move their backups into the cloud, what they end up with is they need EBS, right? They need enterprise block storage um, for uh, their storage of their backups. And we're like, well, let's use the storage service, right? So we're using all of these services in the cloud. And so, uh, and what that does is that that translates into, you know, a significant cost reduction, which then we pass on to the customer. And then the other thing it does is that it creates this massive um, uh, ability to expand and to meet the needs of, of any given customer without the customer having to do anything, right? So it, it's just a service. I like to point out that it's it's you know it's similar to Office 365 or Salesforce. That it, it's just a website that you go to and you tell it what you need to have happen, and then the infrastructure in the back end just magically happens to to get your um, your data protection done. Yeah, and, and so this, this kind of capability across all of these platforms as well. Um, uh, and for people who've listened to the show uh, before and, and in the past, now I, I did show Druva kind of about a year ago talking about some of the kind of data governance capabilities and data management capabilities is had. And, and does, does your ability to be able to pick up um, data from all of these kind of different repositories, uh, that, that allows you to do some additional value in terms of uh, governance and security, doesn't it? Yeah, so we, uh, you know, our, our history uh, is originally in the uh, endpoint side, right? And it, uh, and, and so our offerings over there, although we, we, we now do data center and cloud, uh, the offerings over there are, are a bit more mature. And this is an example of that, right? So we have governance and, and intelligence going on over there. The idea is that we... Um, uh, or look, since we have a copy of all your data, both from your laptops and your mobile devices and your SaaS uh, offerings, we can look at all of that and make sure, you know, sort of enforce certain compliance regulations and uh, being able to say, you know, let's look for certain data types, let's look for certain phrases and files and make sure that they're, um, that they're not there. Uh, and we can actually, we can also look for things because again, we're looking at everything from a holistic point of view. We can also look for things like ransomware and, um, we can see, for example, that, um, you know, that suddenly thousands of files are changing modification time on a laptop and we can actually uh, work to actively stop that, uh, to stop that data, you know, the, the encrypt the corrupted data from getting into your backup system and then and then also to, to stop the um, the actual in infection itself so that we can then, you know, remediate it, right? Whereas, um, uh, and again, it, that's possible because of our, our viewpoint. And I think as we expand that into our data center offering and our cloud offering, our, our vantage point just continues to be more global. And it's it's kind of a unique vantage point because we're the only SaaS offering that that offers data protection across all of those uh, points. So there's a couple of interesting things, actually, that, that, that we've talked, that we've, we've covered during this conversation. And I think that there's a bit of a theme there in terms of the way that um, our use of data is evolving. You know, so, you know, you started right at the beginning, didn't you, with the idea that it was all squeezing that little data center that would have cost tens of millions of dollars and had, you know, the, the size of a 
I can't even think of a device small enough, a floppy disk size worth. If uh, uh, there's one for the kids, isn't it a floppy disk? But you know, there's a there's a floppy disk worth size, and it costs you ten million dollars to build it. Kind of approach to this mm-hmm. idea now, where we've got data spread across all of these these kind of areas. I mean, thinking about the way that this stuff's evolving. I mean, what's some of the stuff that, from your position at, at Druva, you know, what what's some of the things that you're seeing just a little bit over the hill? You know, what what are some of the challenges that you think are going to be the things that that people are going to be looking to deal with over the next two three years? And I won't hold well, you. If, don't worry. What's that? I oh, you, yeah. Don't worry. Well, I just I I, I do think uh, you know based on so we have we have a virtualization survey every year, right? And uh, this virtualization survey that we just had showed that there was a, a I think it was a 32% increase in use of virtualization uh, from last year to this year. And 90% uh, of the recipients said that they plan to be using the cloud in one way or another in the coming uh, year. And I, I think that we're going to see more and more companies uh moving either uh, a significant portion or even all of their computing resources into the cloud. Um, and and what's going to happen is that I think their data protection systems that they're currently using are going to fall over. And, um, the, the, and so people, I, I think there's going to be this sort of significant moment of risk for a lot of companies as they move into the cloud and either try to use the same um, things that they've done before or um, worse, oh, well, it's at Amazon and so uh, we don't have to worry about it. So I think what my one prediction is, I think we're going to see more uh, sort of data loss incidents. And by that, I mean, you know, stories about companies that um, just lost significant portions of their data because of their, you know, inability to adapt to the cloud way of doing things. Well, well, I think that's, um, that actually leads quite nicely on to something else I wanted to ask you about, because um, we're recording a show between uh, the, the two VMworld events, aren't we? So, you know, we've, we've had mm-hmm. Vegas and we've got Barcelona coming up in a few weeks' time. Um, and the VMware on AWS is an interesting platform, isn't it? Because I, I suppose VMware's thinking behind that. And I think I think it's a really smart idea, and I, and I think what they're trying to do with it is absolutely right, in that they're trying to make that migration and integration between that kind of traditional on-prem environment that we've got and the want of the flexibility, in their case, the flexibility of public cloud being AWS, you know, and, and how you get to use that. But it's interesting what you just said about uh, the idea that we will continue to do lots of things that we're doing now. We might find that they might break. Um, right. That, that might be the same if we kind of pick up our VMware on-premise state and think, oh, I'll just shove that as is into the cloud without, without any kind of thoughts. Um, and I don't know whether that's driven some of the stuff that you guys are doing now in that space. So I, I, mean, I don't know a lot about what, you, what you're doing with VMware on AWS, So, but, but maybe that's something to explore so so what's kind of the driver behind that and and what kind of stuff are you doing with vmware well uh first off i think we were the first um cloud solution certified on vmware cloud on aws and uh you know we're not not the only one now but certainly we we were there very early and again because we live in the cloud we think cloud and so when we saw that vmware was going to be doing an aws version of their offering uh, we, you know, we jumped right on that. We one of the reasons we were pretty early is that we speak VMware natively. A lot of people, uh, a lot of products, when they were interfacing with VMware, it started with install this piece of software on your VMware host, 
And that doesn't work with VMware Cloud on AWS. So um, you you have to be interfacing with the vCenter APIs. And so the so we do have full support. So just to answer your question, we do have full support for VMware Cloud on AWS. And um, we can, it allows us to back up your on-site VMware environment, your cloud-based VMware environment uh, with a single solution and then support DR of both in a customer virtual uh, data center in uh, AWS and also allows us to, you know, allow you to move workloads, for example, between uh, VMC and your data center. And the, so I I think that answers the question. (laughs) Yeah, no, it does, and and you know, and I think it is a, it's kind of a. I mean, without getting into too much detail, because I appreciate that it's VMware's policy. I'm saying, and I think VMware Cloud and AWS is a is a really interesting solution, and and I can see it playing a a part in bridging that move into to public cloud for for a lot of organisations. But I mean, from Druva's point of view, how do you see it? You know, do, do do you think that as a solution that that is going to help address maybe some of the issues that we've talked about in the way that um, people think about how they architect cloud, that kind of thing. I think it will definitely make it easier for some environments to start leveraging AWS for their, I mean, you know, for their VMware environments, right? The question that remains to be seen is how much companies will actually start leveraging that, right? Will they, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll put a few VMs up there, right? Create a VMC environment, put a few VMs up there, and see how that goes and see what's appropriate for VMC and what's appropriate for VMware on site. Because, you know, not, you know, you've heard the phrase to a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Um, you know, there isn't one solution for everything. There aren't, there are, there are workloads that are great for the cloud and there are workloads that are great for the data center. The cloud isn't a one, you know, um, you know, it isn't a, you know, a, a, a solve all uh, solution for, for everything. And so I, I think it's a matter of allowing people to easily try, um, you know, putting their workloads in AWS without having a, a long-term commitment. And if it works out for them, great. Uh, and we're just, we're just happy to be able to protect their data wherever they put it. So, yeah, and, and I, th- I think I, I agree. I, th- I think there's some, uh, and I, I did a, uh, an episode about three, four episodes ago with with Pete Fletcher from VMware. Uh, VMware, uh, I'll try that again, shall we? With VMware, um, and we talked about some of the things with, uh, and one of the things he talked about was this kind of usage of VMware Cloud on AWS for that kind of proof of value, proof of concept of uh, mm-hmm. of a particular infrastructure or particular workload and, and the ability to then move it be- between what's sat in AWS, maybe back on-prem if, if that seems the right place to, to be. So, so I think it's an interesting technology and, it, and it's good to see that data protection uh, organizations such as Druva are starting to look at, yeah, we, we need to be able to make sure that our customers can protect the information that they, they put in place there. And well, look, we, we are coming to the end of our time now. Um, so just, just, just a couple of quick things. Um, firstly, so I, 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 I think we've only scratched a scratch of some of the topics uh, that, that we could have covered in this. But, you know, being as we don't have five hours and, and the average uh, the average listener ain't, ain't going to listen to me for five hours. They might listen to you, but um, they, they don't want my, my interjections for that long. Um, 
But if people do want to find out a little bit more about some of the things that you've covered and some of the work that Druva are doing um, in that kind of uh, in the data protection space and, and some of the stuff around kind of uh, governance and security, uh, what, what's a good way for them to do that? Well, obviously, the the best source would be Druva.com. Uh, my our, our Twitter handle is at Druva Inc. And my Twitter handle, if they're interested in following that, is at WC Preston. And of course, uh, I don't know if you're going to ask you're going to ask me about uh, VMworld coming up. Well, we, we can certainly do that. Um, I, I believe you've got some sessions and things there. Yeah, so um, I'll, I'll be speaking at VMworld, and actually the title of my session is The New Era of Cloud Data Management, right? So it's really a much longer version of some of the stuff that we talked about here. Um, and um, yeah, so I'll, I'll be there myself. So if people are heading out to Barcelona, they, they can not only haunt you on the internet, they can haunt you in real life. Is that what we're saying? Exactly. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, that, that's good. I, I like to make sure that, that people who come on this show get haunted by people who've heard it. Um, I think that's always a good thing. Um, and and Druva are always good for a giveaway on the stand. Um, so, if, so if people do come and find the Druva stand at VMworld, um, what can they expect? Uh, well, the, the, I, I think our, our big thing for those that are fans of Game of Thrones, we're going to have the mountain from Game of Thrones there. If you're not a Game of Thrones fan, he's also the world's strongest man. He's six foot nine, 450 pounds and 5% body fat. So he's, he's literally a mountain of a man. Uh, you can come get your uh, picture taken with the mountain uh, is, is probably our big thing that's going on at the booth. But, but don't come and do that just when he's about to eat. Uh, I think he's probably safe advice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't, don't, uh, yeah. You, you were telling me before we started recording about his his uh, his diet requirements, and um, yeah, yeah. You, you don't want to get between him and his food. I'm guessing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't get between him and anything. Actually. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, look, Curtis. Yeah. Uh, Curtis, look, thank, right. thanks for your time. I think that's, that's been a fascinating conversation, and um, you know, I, I look forward to maybe getting you back on, and we we can talk some more about some of the topics that we never even got close to talking about. So, um, but hey, look, uh, for, for today, thanks for your time. Really appreciate it, and uh, look forward to speaking to you again soon. No problem, Paul. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that. For show notes, pop over to techstringy.com. We'll also find all of our previous Tech Interviews episodes. Over the next few weeks, we've got a wide range of shows I've recorded at a bunch of tech conferences I've visited recently with Tech Interviews on tour. So if you want to make sure you catch those shows, why not subscribe? You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher and on SoundCloud, as well as all of the good homes of podcasts. So until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>